All right. We have here Christopher Michael, founder of C. Michael Coaching. Drove how many hours just to get here and be prepared on a tight window? Appreciate you making this a priority, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Tell us a little bit more about your journey. We dove into right before this a little bit about how you want to talk about how consistency and the identity behind consistency and who we are inside of the actions that we do. Tell us a little bit more about your story and where you're at today. Yeah, great. So thank you. Thanks. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me on. So I start, you know, I grew up in a small, small town and I've never been a really small town kind of person. I started doing hair probably 22 years ago. And during that whole period, what I realized about doing hair that I loved the most was talking to people. It wasn't about the hairs. I'm like, I, I don't really give a shit if you want bangs or not. I just want to know really, what is it about your past experience that makes you think you can't have bangs? Right. Like I want to know you behind the story. And I have done that for two decades now. And when the pandemic hit, it occurred to me that the thing that I was missing most wasn't standing behind a chair doing, doing layers, doing highlights, doing bangs, whatever. It was the conversations and the connections that I got to have with people that was suddenly like taken away from all of us. And so I just sent out a message to all my clients and I was like, look, guys, you don't have to be sitting in my chair for us to be having these conversations. I'm still here. You're still there. We could still connect and let's just talk about the things we want to talk about. And that sort of evolved into like, this is really what I love. So how do I take the thing that I love and do all day, every day and turn it into a different business? And so I became certified as a coach and now I work with people helping them to sort of get to the core of what's really going on. Who who am I is the question I hear all the time. You know, I don't know if you guys do this, but when people sit in my chair, they tell their hairstylist everything, absolutely everything. I know all the deets, all the juice. And it's one of my favorite conversations to have with people. And I like to dig in a little bit deeper. And as we're talking, things start to show up. And that's the stuff I want to start. It's like the thread that I want to pull, right? I just want to pull that thread out. And so I became a certified coach and now I'm really on a mission to help people sort of identify those rules that they um, sort of inherited by their upbringing, the labels that we've slapped on ourselves because society says we should be a certain way. And so if this is what it means to be this, then I must be this label, right? If we remove that label and we strip away all those rules, then who the hell am I? And when we get to the core of that, we can start building back in who we actually want to be. And that's really what I love to do. I love to strip people down and then build them back up. I don't build them. You build yourself, right? From a blank canvas. Well said. And I appreciate you sharing the story. So how did the transition work from going from hairstylist to jumping into the coaching space? Because I know it's like, you know, now you're going into running your own business. How am I going to get people to talk to? What's the operations look like? How am I going to make money? All these different things. Tell us a little bit more about that, like how, how you navigated that and how quick that learning curve was. Well, first of all, I love that you used it as it's past tense, like I've already completed it. I'm still in the middle of navigating. I don't know that I'll ever be done navigating. One thing that I learned very quickly was being a successful hairstylist, I kind of took for granted the fact that people knew who I was and people came to me. And then I transitioned into a completely different career where people didn't know me. They didn't know that label that I was now wearing. And so it's just about connection. So I, I poured myself into, this is really interesting. I poured myself into social media, right? Cause you see it all over social media. You need to be like online. You need to be in front of everybody. Everybody needs to see you post, 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 post. 
but I found like it, what it did was actually take me away from the human connection that I had with people in my life already. So that part suffered. So I was able to recognize that being consistent on social media is really great, but not if your personal human interactions start to suffer. So when we're talking about consistency, right? Like what does consistency mean to me? I've been thinking about this a lot is, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is like doing the same thing over and over and over, just being consistent, not the same thing, but like being consistent, right? And I hate to use the word and the definition, but how else do you say that? Repetitively? I don't know. And, but what if I was doing an ineffective thing consistently and it took me like down a, down a path I didn't really find to be very profitable or beneficial for my business. And so I had to pull back from that and I reconnected to the people. And what I found about me as a coach and what I do in my business and where my magic is, is human relations. And it doesn't exist through social media. It doesn't exist on a website or through like funnels or anything like that, but connecting with real people and hearing the stories that they're dealing with that's, that's been the biggest boost for my business. And now, of course, that, how does that translate back into social media, right? Because otherwise, I'm just stuck. So Chris, I wanted to ask you, when working with your clients, those initial conversations, what are some you know, best practices that you use to, to truly follow that thread, to build rapport, to seek to understand? What are some things that you're thinking of when, when communicating with your clients and communicating to people for the first time, really building that connection with them and learning about them on a deep level? Oh, it's a great question, Landon. One of the things that I that I do naturally, and that I think is very effective in any kind of conversation where you're trying to build connection, is to stop talking about yourself. And so, when people come in and they start telling me a story, the last thing I want to do is say, "Oh, yeah, that happened to me too," and then launch into a story about me. I just start asking questions. I get really curious, and one of the things I say all the time is, "Just stay curious." People will people love to talk about themselves, and. I think that one of the things that's missing is that a lot of people don't really listen very intent intently, right? Like they're just listening because they're waiting to respond or whatever, like in casual conversation. But when, when you give somebody your attention, there's a connection that's already made. When they sense that you're just here to listen to what they have to say, that's 75% of the work. And then you just get curious if they tell me like something's going on with their relationship. I don't try to jump in and solve the problem. I ask them what it's like for them. I don't even ask what the other person did because that doesn't really even matter, right? Because I'm not dealing with the other person's issue. I'm curious about what the person in front of me is talking about. And so I just ask them questions. I find it's the fastest way to build connection and build rapport because then people think this guy really cares. This guy really wants to know what's going on with me. That's such a great point. I think that's that's huge, especially a lot of people that listen to this podcast are in entrepreneurship. So sales is a huge thing. And it's it's a huge thing in sales when it comes to building rapport. And this was a learning curve that I had to understand as well, because I love to talk. And I always try and like flaunt like, oh, listen, listen to me and look how eloquently I speak and look how smart I am. But really, the more I shut up and just let people talk and let them talk 95% of the time, they just start to love you the more that they're allowed to talk. It's crazy because sometimes somebody will come to me with a problem and I will just listen and not say anything. And they tell you yeah. at the end, like, Oh my God, you're such a great listener. You're such a great friend. It's like, I didn't even give you feedback yet. Right. And so like <laughs> the, the constant like, really listening and seeking to understand and then answering those, their questions or their responses with more questions to open up 
more rapport and, and let them know that you genuinely care. And then over time, you can transition kind of what you do as the solution if it's applicable. And so, so tell yeah. us a little bit more about that. Like how potentially, you know, are any of the salon clients now clients on this side? Like how are you going about generating clients? And then I know that you said this is an ever evolving process, but talk to us about what your process of your business looks like now. Well, yeah. So I do have some clients that were hair clients are still, I, so I didn't answer your question before. I still do both. So I'm still juggling both. I, I find it very difficult to let down the creativity side of the tactical work. But when I'm, when I'm talking to people and I ask them a question, there's, I'm already listening for what's really going on behind the story that they're telling me about. And so I, I'm getting the full picture. I'm listening for what they're committed to. I'm listening to what they're concerned about. And I'm listening to what issues they have, what barriers they have. And then, like you said, you just listen and listen and listen. And most of the time they will talk themselves through their own issue. But then when they get stuck, you just ask a very pointed question that, that incorporates their concern it validates their concern. And it, and it acknowledges what they're committed to. And you, you build them up. You like breathe life into them. And then they're like, Oh yeah, I never thought of it that way. But like to people who are really actively listening, you're like, that's the only thing I heard about you, right? Is that you're this amazing person who's got all these gifts and you give and give to all these people. We all listen through our own filter. We all exist behind a lens. And, and so what I try to do for people is to just have them become aware of the lens that they're seeing the world through. So awareness, I start to build awareness and then when I see that something is starting to shift, then I usually start saying like, this, this is what I help. This is what I do. This is, I mean, would you be interested in having a conversation specifically about how you and I can work together to help you resolve these issues faster on your own and have more joy and patience in the process? And then they say yes or no. What are some commonalities and what are some commonalities that you see in, in things that people are struggling with in topics, backgrounds, endeavors, whatever the, whatever the situation is, what are you seeing some commonalities in people and things that people are struggling with the mm. most? I think that there's three, three primary, like common identities or core issues that people struggle with. And those are, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. And am I doing this right? And so there's a, there's a question of worth. There's a question of likability and there's a question of ability. And if you distill most conversations, most struggles down, you can get to that. And when you get to that, you can start to explore where else does that show up in your life? You know, like I've had this fun idea, like I want to write a book and I just want to call it, it's all ice cream, right? Cause it's just a lot of word salad, but it really, at the end of the day, it's all ice cream. So like, this is vanilla, that's chocolate, but it's just Neapolitan ice cream. And when I can walk them through it, like I don't even, I can't point it out, right? Because that doesn't help. It doesn't help people to give them an answer. My job as a coach is to help work them toward their own answer, right? Because what works for me might not work for them. What works for you might not work for them. And it's it's different. It's a case-by-case basis. But I find like the three core things are those. Am I Am I good enough? Do people like me? And am I doing this right? And and I think that transitions to a good point that you were making before we got interrupted by poor internet connection, (laughs) that you were talking about how consistency wins is our brand, right? But also, if you don't know what you want to be consistent in, or if you don't understand the identity, 
you can be consistent in the wrong places and ultimately be moving backwards, right? Because consistency yeah. wins if you're slugs, but it wins in a very bad way, right? So like that's where I think being able to answer the questions that you were just explaining, am I good enough? Am I worthy? That gets you a lot closer to that identity, which then allows you to identify with who you want to be, which ultimately leads to the right actions over time. Tell us a little bit more about what you were saying before we did get interrupted. Yeah. So it, yeah, exactly. So when we're, we're, we're trying to reach a goal, whatever that goal is, there's this, we have, we have this idea that like we need to jump from this rung way over to that rung to get the goal. Right. But there are rungs along the way that you have to get to. So if you're doing things consistently to get to that far rung and your first step is slightly, just slightly off and there's no step to evaluate it. If you're not self-reflective or self-aware enough to even understand, like, is this who I am? Is this what I want? Is this what I believe? Is this in line with my values? Then you could do that consistently over a period of time. And before you know it, you're on a completely different ladder. So I try to bring people back home, back to them. And first, let's be aware of what your lens is. Let's be aware of what your core beliefs are. And question, even interrogate that, right? Is this, do I believe this because I believe this? Or do I believe this because my parents believed this? And I was told this at a young age, and this is now how the world is. And so if we can start to like, unpack the world as we think that it is, and start like, really just interrogate all of that, stripping away the labels, stripping away the rules and the conditioning, and then build it from a blank canvas. So taking an, like, if you take one notch turn, you know, like there's that analogy. If you're like, I don't know, flying a plane or driving a ship, right? Like you could turn one degree to the right. And like in, I don't know, 10 feet, you're not going to notice any difference. But if you go like two miles, you're going to be further from your destination. So you don't recognize it until you're so far down that path, which is why I think it's so important that we stop along that consistency path and question, is this where I'm going? So if your destination is way over there, what are all the steps that have to take place between here and there? Who do I have to talk to? What what actions do I need to take? What resources do I need to create? X, Y, and you work backwards and then start asking, now who would I have to be in order to get to the next step? Not to the destination, but to the next step. And then you get to pause and reevaluate again. And the core issues of I'm, you know, am I am I good enough? I'm, you know, am I lovable? Am I not lovable? Am I right? All those things I feel like overarching is kind of finding identity and vision and meaning and, and fulfillment and purpose, right? Like it's like kind of these mm-hmm. underpinning pieces that ultimately if we can, if we can accomplish those and, and, and attack those three questions or issues and core issues, maybe that helps us identify our, 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 you know, our moral vision and purpose and moving forward. Like how, what does that journey look like for you? Uh, and kind of addressing those in your own life. What's that process been like for you? Well, so I work with a lot of the LGBTQ plus community. I'm gay myself. And, you know, growing up, it's 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 a thing that I had to hide. Or I thought that I had to hide because it wasn't safe. I was different from everybody else. And then I got to a point where like hiding it no longer worked for me. And so I needed to find a way to reconcile who I was with that. And so I slap a label on it and I had to say the words, I'm gay. That's my coming out process. I say it. Okay. It's very liberating, but now I'm, now I'm thrown into a culture that is defined by the label. And then you quickly learn that 
as a gay man, but am I a bear? Am I an otter? Am I a twink? Am I a twunk? Am I, you know, there's so many labels under that label. And then do I belong here? Do I belong there? So really figuring out where I belong. And this is, I think, really key is that there is something that collapsed between fitting in and belonging that fitting in. I think Brene Brown talks about this fitting in is is you showing up at any situation where you are operating within a guideline or a structure of rules and conditions set by somebody else. And so do I fit in here? Yes. How do we know? Because they said so. And then belonging is, do I, do I belong here is an internal validation. So fitting in is an external validation. Belonging is an internal validation. And I find unfortunately like the conversations we're having in the world today like even as a gay man i'm just going to say this do you mind if i say this as a gay man i i question whether we're helping or hurting the lgbtq plus community by adding more and more letters to the acronym right like i mean i've heard it like we're the alphabet people but what if you take away all those letters then who still are you right the letter doesn't define you So for me, it was, who am I, Christopher Michael, hairstylist, husband, cisgendered, white male, who am I if I'm not any of that, right? If I could take away all of the meaning and significance that is is inherent to all those labels for me, right? It's different for everybody. But for me, what does it mean for me to show up exactly as I am in all of my spaces without any sort of adhesion to a social construct, right? Because what does it mean to be gay? If we could like strip that all down, what does it mean to be gay? (laughs) I have no idea. I mean, as many gay people as there are, there's many ideas we would have about it. Just thank you for bringing up that point. Cause it's, it's something that I don't think gets talked about enough is that like, I I feel like society sometimes with the, the mainstream society is a little bit misaligned with what the incentives are behind some of like how they want to go about approaching this, this topic. Right. And I love the approach that you're taking in terms of like, we need to go more inward and people need to accept themselves first for themselves, not just constantly in this societal construct. So I really appreciate that. Like how how does it, I, I know the biggest piece is like getting a, getting involved in a community, but how do you get involved in the right community with people that are aligned in the way that you think, not just constantly there, there's a lot of victim mentality just across the board, not even in just the LGBTQ plus community, but all over the place. How do we go about mm-hmm. aligning ourselves with communities that really think in a way of, hey, let me internalize so I can be better for society over time and not just com- like continue to contribute to this mainstream narrative? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, I, that's a really great question. I mean, if I had the answer, we wouldn't be doing this, right? <laughs> but For me, what I think, like you touched on it, personal responsibility is huge. And if we are, if we find ourselves sitting alone in our houses thinking, I really wish I could get involved with some community, but which one is the right one? My first question would be, well, what have you tried already? And they would be like, well, I haven't tried anything because I don't know where to begin. And so then it's clear to me, right? Like you've got, you've got a, a desire. And you want to do this thing, but you haven't taken even one step forward and allowed yourself to fail, right? If if you're not allowing yourself to fail, 
you're never going to learn. So put yourself into a community and see how that goes, right? Like it's important that you feel safe, of course, but even, even that conversation, is this a safe space? Well, we can't say safe space anymore because some people don't feel safe. Well, is it the, is it the place's responsibility that you feel safe? Yes, to provide a safe space where you're not going to be harmed. But if you still feel like you're going to get harmed, then is it a safe space? Right. You see, like it's a, it's sort of like a confusing circle that that conversation will get stuck in because people are busy, I think, often pointing the finger, looking for something out there that they can blame for the experience that they're having. And the thing in my life that's made a huge difference is asking, what am I doing to contribute to the situation that I'm in? Or what am I doing that contributes to the experience that I'm having? And this is, this is a complicated conversation that I have with people all the time because people, people think that when I say you have, what is there for you to be responsible for? They immediately think I'm asking, are you to blame for this? So responsibility and blame somehow have been commingled as well. And what I'm asserting is that the thing that happened is horrible and it should never have happened, but it happened and we can't go backwards and make it not happen. So you have this experience of the thing happening and you're living orbiting this experience in every area of your life. And every experience that you want to have is dictated by what you think about what already happened. And so if we can say that is a horrible thing that happened, I no longer am willing to let that run my life. That's personal responsibility. What happened, whoever did that is to blame. You being responsible is saying, I no longer want this to control what I get to do or how I show up. And so the moment we can start to like see where we're not taking responsibility, you'll start to see how shit breaks down very quickly, right? And people cut you off on the road and you're like flipping the bird and honking the horn and like, you know, racing down the street. And you're still just pointing the finger at the guy who probably was being chased by a bee inside his own car or like had a loved one in the hospital, right? We don't know their story, but we're angry about it. And we think that if they came back and apologized, we would somehow no longer be angry. I don't know how that works. But so I think personal responsibility and detaching it from who's to blame here and being willing to do something that is right for you, whether it's right or wrong, generally speaking, we don't know, but if it's right for you, that's the only thing that matters as long as you're not causing anybody else harm. That's great. That's great. I think a good, a good thing I connect to here is, is something that you're, 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 you talk about a lot with your, with your clients, which is the personal rule book and label coaching. So mm-hmm. what is a personal rule book and, and why is it important for people to create, you know, one for themselves? Well, so we all, we all, we all operate by rules and we, we just don't know it, right? Like this is just the way the world is. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I have to do. And you do it because this is just what people do. That's just a rule. You can identify them with black and white language. I always or never, or I should, I shouldn't, I have to, I need to. Those are kind of rules. And most of the time, if you really take just one of them and you ask yourself, where, well, where does this come in? What, why am I not supposed to wear white before Memorial Day or whatever that ridiculous rule is, you know? Right. (laughs) Then you'll start to see like it's, it's kind of nonsensical that you would even have it. So, is it serving me? Because like now I'm frustrated. I can't wear these white shoes because it's like 
April. Wear <laughs> 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 the fucking white shoes. Nobody right. cares. Nobody's walking down the street. Right. We're all too right. consumed with ourselves to really give a shit what other people are thinking. So just show up as you. So rules, That's labels. Great. We talked about That's labels great. a little bit earlier, but if you can say like, I'm going to be me and I'm going to wear white whenever the hell I want to wear white, then you've just set a new rule for you because your rule is I'm going to show up as me no matter what other people think. doesn't matter what I'm wearing. Right. And, and I think it comes really down to identifying like our own personal core values through a bunch of different trials and tribulations through coaching and mentorship as well. And over time, setting these non-negotiables of like, okay, here's where I'm not willing to budge on anything. And for me, it's like, like to, to the uh, alluding to the, the thought of the, the, the Memorial Day thing, like I'm no longer, I don't conform to societal norms. Like I, that just is what it is. And that's kind of who I am. I, I'm not really huge on tradition in a lot of places. So like I will fucking wear white all the time, especially <laughs> when people say that I can't, you know? And so. Yeah. How are you coaching your clients through that? Especially if they're like, you know, they're in the LGBTQ plus community and there's a lot of things going on, especially in the, this exact moment in time right now with the media. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been going, it's, it's like really, um, centralized right now. And it's, it's mm-hmm. under the microscope per se. So tell me a little bit more about the conversations that you're having with your clients, how you're guiding them through this, this time. Mm-hmm. Well, so even the conversation about like, should I wear white or shouldn't I wear white isn't about whether you are wearing white or not, right? It's about like, am I allowed to show up and make my own choices to be the person that I want to be? And that is unfortunately the conversation we're in. We're very divided about who gets to do what and why. And if you do this, then I can't do this. But we just know that's like, what's going to happen to the sanctity of marriage if gay people can now get married? Well, nothing. Now we know nothing happened to it. And like, likewise, it's, it's never about that. It's never about those things. So I want to find out what is it, what is it you really want? So you want to wear, you want to wear white shoes, but it's what would happen if you did wear white shoes and how do you feel if you don't wear white shoes? And so what I, my effort there is to get them to turn in, to get get them connected to their own personal experience about what's going on when I'm either behaving from a place of sovereignty from me, this is who I am and this is the choice I'm making and I don't care, right? Like I'm doing the thing for me. That's a very empowering stance, but I don't want to wear it because I don't, I I mean, I don't want people to talk about me on social media. I don't want to be tagged. I don't want to be targeted. And so we're, we're now we're talking about safety, not even white shoes anymore. So I want to understand where, where is this feeling of safety? What is it tied to? What belief do you have that has you feeling unsafe in the spaces that you walk into? Because projection, right? Like if I believe that if I walk into that store, it's not a safe space, I will be harmed in some way, will stop you from walking into that store, whether it's even true or not. So tuning into what thoughts and beliefs do you have that are dictating how you show up and interrogating them? Are those true? Are those universally true? If they're universally true, then it would apply to everybody. And then also trying to diagnose and, and dissect a little bit, why are you reaching for the white shoes to begin with? What made you even present the thought of of putting on those white shoes? I know we're using that as kind of like the analogy, right? But it's like, that's, I feel like the next layer of enlightenment, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why white? Why do you want to wear white? What is it about white? Why not wear green shoes? Yeah. You know? It, yeah, exactly that. And I mean, I don't know. Everybody would have a different answer, but that's exactly it. Getting tuned into what is it that you want? Like, regardless of what other people think about what you want, what do you want? Let's just strip that away just for a second and play in that space. What would happen? How would you feel if you showed up exactly as you? And what would that look like? And let them live there in a safe, like virtual, mental, cerebral sort of space so they can experience it. Most of the time, the fear stops us from even visioning about what that might be like. And then we're sort of stuck in the fear. So if we can allow ourselves to just play in the unknown, in the unreal space that we're just like imagining, we're imagining what that would look like, we can start to manifest stronger feelings, deeper feelings, happier feelings. And then you know what that feels like now. And now the the more you practice that, the more consistently you practice that, feeling good about yourself, it'll make you more confident when you start to show up in spaces where there are actually other people. And then you'll see, oh, it didn't happen when I was thinking about it and nobody said anything about my shoes. So is the fear really real? Right. It is, right. It is kind of like That's powerful. It's kind of out there, but it's kind of fun. No, it's powerful. That's powerful. Well, so, so as we kind of come to the wrapping up point, Chris, what is the vision that you have for your, for your business, for your clients? Like what's the vision overall over the next three, five, 10 years? And how can our listeners connect with you? How can they follow you? And how can they follow your journey? Yeah. So, I mean, I have a vision. I just want to talk to people. I want to connect with people and I want people first and foremost to know that they have a voice and their voice matters and you can use it with compassion and you can use it with power that what you believe matters and that you belong here and that without everyone's collective voice, we're no longer a community. So how do we bring more compassion and self-responsibility to that? And like I talk about it a lot, actually on social media on Instagram is the best place to, to connect with me at cmichaelcoaching.com is my website and at cmichaelcoaching is my Instagram. Amazing. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate you making this a priority. I know you were traveling. You could have easily said, hey, let's reschedule this. But I see how ah. passionate you are about getting your message out there. And we are super excited to continue to support your journey, follow your journey. I'm excited to watch you go full blown into this because I think there's a massive need for what you do. And thank you. We're very thankful for having you come on. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. It's been you. an honor. Yeah, you too.